Okay, been another interesting week in our world uh, these past few days. Like every week, there's been some good things and some challenging things. Um, it just seems like more and more that we're uh, confronted or exposed to the challenging things. And so I, I just jotted down what are some of the, the struggles, the obstacles that have been highlighted in the, the news feeds uh, for this past week. And here's just some of the ones that, that came up. Monkeypox, uh, potential military action between Taiwan and China because of uh, Pelosi's visit. Floods, fires, heat waves, COVID, solar storms, increased tensions with Russia. Beverage recall, uh, continued high gasoline prices, looming recession. And, of course, the list could go on. Now, are, are these uh, more numerous than, than most days or years? Um, I, I don't know. But I, I do know that, that these things can be anxiety-producing, especially if that's what we tend to focus on. Those things can start to, uh, to weigh us down, suck us under. And so how can we... Um, continue to, to rise above that. You, you know, as Christians, it seems like our lives should be a little bit more joy-filled. There, there ought to be a little bit more um, release that is there for us when we think about these burdens and, and challenges in life. So in the midst of all of this, as Christ followers, as disciples of Jesus, how is it that we can find peace of mind well, that's what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to do that. Um, we're going to go back to uh, different than we had been last week. We're going to go back to look into one passage and one person, and that person that we're going to be looking at is the person of Moses. The passage that we're going to be looking at is taken from Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 24 through 27. So you might want to go ahead and grab your Bibles or your Bible app and get open to that even at this point. Um, and we look at Moses because the, the truth is, if you think about the life of Moses, um, there's few people that at least had the potential of a, a pretty anxiety-filled life uh, more than him. I, I mean, just start with the beginning of life. Even before he was born, there were people who wanted to kill him. I don't know many individuals who even prior to their birth have uh, prior to their birth uh, are on a hit list of somebody, and yet that was the case for Moses and for all of the Hebrew children in that period. Pharaoh, who was concerned about the growing number of Hebrews there in, in Egypt, decided that he would control that problem by killing all of the males that were born for a period of time. And so uh, Moses is, is on that list. Um, so even from the very first moment of breath, uh, Moses finds himself in some, some difficult, challenging uh, circumstances. Uh, we go on and we see that that stress uh, continues directly or indirectly, uh, maybe even through his mom. You know, studies have revealed to us that children, that infants sense the stress that their moms have gone through. And imagine the kind of stress that, that Moses must have sensed as, as his mom is in, in this setting where um, people are wanting to come find her son, her infant son, and to kill him. Um, I can't imagine something being more stressful than that. But then to add to that, um, uh, his mom senses, and we're not too exactly sure how this happens, but senses that, that God calls her to do something with Moses, to place him in a basket and to, to put him in the water. And, and can't you just uh, imagine in your own mind, uh, she's maybe praying or maybe just sitting in quietness and God's spirit comes on her and says, hey, I want you to put your, your infant son in a basket. I want you to put him in the water in the hopes that the daughter of this guy who's trying to kill everybody is going to find him. 
I'm not sure if that sounds real encouraging to you. It doesn't sound real encouraging to me. Um, Maybe God wanted her to hear, you know, there's great hope in that. If I were her, I would be thinking, what? What do you want me to do, God? You're wanting me to place my my infant son in the hands of this place that's going to be a murder house? I can't imagine that kind of setting. Um, But, of course, as we know, that's not how the story unfolds. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter finds uh, Moses, uh, takes him, and with the help and God's perfect timing of his own mom and sister, uh, raises him up in Pharaoh's household. But if you look at all those things and then add to that the the rest of his life, um, having been an individual that became a fugitive because of uh, killing a um, individual that was mistreating a a Hebrew slave, uh, becoming a uh, shepherd, which was not very high on the social totem pole in that day, in that place, going uh, to lead a people who weren't all that excited about having Moses lead them. Um, You look at his life and it just had a lot of stressors in there. It would have been so easy for Moses to have been one that was uh, nearly overwhelmed, maybe even incapacitated. Uh, with anxiety, but that wasn't the case. And how do we know that? Well, there's a very interesting verse that we find in the book of Numbers, the 12th chapter, the third verse. And listen to these words. Now, the man Moses was very meek, more than all of the people who were on the face of the earth. Uh, some passages indicate maybe more uh, meek than, than any other that ever lived, other than Jesus, of course. Um, and as we as we think about that, I think it's important that we understand, and we've mentioned this in, in previous sermons in years past, that the concept of meek in that day is not the same as we understand it. I think for too many of us here in 2022, when we think of meek, we think of weak. Uh, but that's not what this word meant. In the Hebrew, uh, the word is anav. And it's translated kind of interchangeably between meek and humble. Um, you'll see it used in both ways and in varying different kind of translations of God's work. And what it means is um, individuals who have a quiet but confident trust in the Lord that comes from being willing to do whatever he commands. Another way that it's sometimes uh, interpreted or uh, understood is, is having a certain a powerful strength that's under control. And that's what we see in, in Moses' case, that, that even in the midst of all of these tensions, all of these stressors in life, that somehow Moses managed, at least under most circumstances, to retain that sense of peace of mind um, despite the circumstances that surrounded him. In fact, it's interesting, as I was uh, preparing for uh, this weekend, I, I went to Scripture, and nearly as I can tell, there's only three people who have that word uh, that we talked about, um, anav, associated with them, Moses, Paul, and Jesus. And so we see even among God's people, um, this is a quality, a trait um, that we don't always see, but it's one that I would like to have. How about you? Well, I think God would love for us to have that. So, so how is it that we as individuals in these stressful times can experience that? Well, let's look at uh, the life of uh, Moses as it's described for us in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Now, normally when we think about Moses, we think of Old Testament kinds of things, the book of Exodus and so forth. But there's a great summary of some of the key points of Moses' life in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is that faith chapter that highlights and uh, lifts up all of the uh, or many of the great men and women of the faith who were known for their faith. And in the 24th verse of the 27th chapter, um, sorry, in the 24th verse of the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we read this. 
By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, but he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. And as we look to this, I think we see four decisions, I think maybe even conscientious decisions, that Moses made um, in his life that helped contribute to this peace of mind that we're talking about. Those questions were, who am I? Who do I want to be? What is genuinely important in my life, and how am I going to live my life? So let's, uh, let's dig down a little deeper in each one of those, and we begin with that question of, who am I? It's talked about in that 24th verse, again, with those words, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, think about it for uh, just a moment. Um, Moses chose deliberately to, to associate with the Hebrew people. Now, we don't know how he came about that information. Um, scripture doesn't reveal that to us. Maybe it was supernatural, the Holy Spirit. Maybe as he uh, had continued contact with his, his birth mother and with his sister, those things were revealed over time. But, but in some form or fashion, uh, Moses became aware of that fact that he was Hebrew in terms of heritage, that those were his roots. And yet it would have been so easy for him to dismiss that and discard that and just focus on and, and, and relish in um, that Egyptian side of, of his upbringing because of Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, think of the, of the um, choices that you've got there. On the one hand, you've got wealth and comfort and power. On the other hand, you've got uh, poverty and servitude. Um, as you think about those two things opposed to one another, and if someone was to ask you to make a choice, what would you choose? Well, for many in our world, this would be a no-brainer, wouldn't it? And yet for Moses, he opted to choose a heritage of God over being a one percenter. He chose his roots over the riches that would have come from being a part of Pharaoh's family. Now, we can't all control where we grow up, but we can control who it is that we'll become. You see, for each one of us, God has a plan for our lives. But he leaves it to us to choose whether we're going to pursue that plan, that purpose, or not. And as we think about that, I just want to, I guess, ask you the same question I think Moses had to, to wrestle with. Who does God want you to be? And that's, that's really not just a rhetorical question. I really want you to think about that for just a second. Who does God want you to be? Moses discovered the answer to that. Uh, for Moses, it, it meant um, uh, choosing to be a, a part of God's chosen people, to be a, to be a Hebrew. As I think in my own life, I, I think of who, who is it that God's calling me to be, and it, it's to be a sold-out, committed, a follower, disciple of Jesus Christ. But who has he called you to be? And I think it's important for us to discover that because it's only as we discover that, that I think we gain that additional sense of confidence and power and strength that comes uh, through being a child of God as we connect with the plan that he has laid out for us. It's only as we discover the answer to this 
uh, that we begin down that path of truly knowing what peace of mind is all about. There's a second thing, though, uh, that Moses had to wrestle with, and it's, it's this issue. What did he want to be? What did he want to be? I think that's answered for us in the 25th verse of that 11th chapter with these words. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin and, and what were the sin that was potentially there. Well, the sin would have been just to continue to, to live in the life of uh, or the lap of luxury, knowing that that wasn't God's plan for him. But that's not what Moses chose. One of the truths uh, of being a follower, a disciple of Jesus, is that it's going to require sacrifice from us. Different measures for different people, but it's always going to be there. For Moses, in his case, it meant giving up wealth and influence, prosperity and popularity in order to become eventually a wanted man in order to live a life as a shepherd. And I, I referenced this a moment ago, but, but in the Egyptian hierarchy of life, um, a pharaoh was at the top and shepherds were at the bottom. There was nothing worse than being a shepherd. And so that was the sacrifice Moses went, top to the very bottom. And yet he did that because he knew that's what God was calling him to be. He chose to be true to his faith and his, his spiritual heritage uh, as a part of God's people rather than to experience the abundance as being a member of Pharaoh's family. Now, I, I know, you probably know as we think about it, that, that taking this stance, that, that choosing to uh, connect ourselves with God and be true to him is not a popular thing today. In fact, what we find too often is that when the pressure gets put on, and it does get put on increasingly in this age in which we live, when the pressure gets put on in terms of our faith for too many people, what they end up is compromising or abandoning that faith, at least in the public eye. I can't tell you the number of, of people I've read about over the years, very successful, in fact, phenomenally gifted singers, who started off their life uh, singing in a church choir. But by the time they get to adulthood, you look at their lifestyles and, and God seems to be the furthest thing from their minds on most days. I think of different athletes that I've seen uh, throughout their careers. Um, and when they would score a touchdown or hit a home run or whatever, early on they'd hold their finger up giving praise and glory to God as a part of that. But as time passes and as those who are not um, aligned with the faith would put pressure on them, that, that finger eventually would would not go as high or would disappear altogether. I, I think of individuals like politicians and corporate executives and, and academics who, who will talk about their faith when it's convenient and beneficial to them. But when they start to get some pushback from those who are not Christians, when they uh, start to find themselves not in, in line with the secular standards and mores of our world, um, that faith issue that at one time had been prevalent is no longer heard about. Now, fortunately, this isn't always the case. In fact, I, there was a great example of this just this past week. Um, if you're a Dodger fan, you may have heard that the longtime announcer, Vin Scully, passed away. Uh, if you're not a Dodger fan or didn't grow up in that area, that mean mean nothing to you. But for those of us that, that grew up in Southern California or have a, a strong affinity for the Dodgers, boy, our hearts just got heavy at that news um, because Vin Scully was not only a great announcer, he was just a good man, um, a man who constantly kept priorities in life of faith and family and never wavered from that. 
It was interesting as I was reading of all the different accolades, and he was a very accomplished uh, announcer. One quote in particular stood out to me, and it's uh, up on the screen. Uh, then Scully said at one point, God has been so good to me to allow me to do what I'm doing. I just want to be remembered as a good man, an honest man, and one who lived up to his own beliefs. Now, beliefs here in Vin Scully's case were his Christian beliefs. He was a strong follower of Christ. And I thought, what a wonderful thing to have as an epitaph, uh, maybe even on my, my tombstone. Uh, here's one who lived up to his own beliefs. And that's what Vin did. You see, it's possible to do. It's just not always easy to do. But that's what God calls us to. And, and so we find ourselves wrestling with another question today. One I'd like you to think about for just a moment. What does God want you to be? What does he want you to be? One who capitulates and folds when the pressure gets tough? I don't think so. But are you in a position? Are you strong enough in your faith to be able to resist those things when they come along? What what does God want you to be? Thirdly, we see that as we look at the life of Moses, one of the things that he had to, uh, to wrestle with was this I, idea of what's important to him. What's important to him really kind of uh, has to do with that sense of priorities in our life. In the 26th verse, I think this is addressed with these words. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Now, Moses hadn't met Jesus at this point, but he would. Soon as he gets to heaven, Christ is going to be there. That's what he was looking forward to. That's what he would experience there as a part of that reward. And again, we're reminded that Moses chose to be disgraced among his Egyptian family and friends in order to be faithful and true to God's leading and plan for his life. He had determined his own life priorities, and those priorities were God. He chose obedience over popularity. But what about us? What is it that we choose? What are the priorities that guide our lives? Third question maybe for us to wrestle with today. Is it sex, drugs, and rock roll? Is that the, the set of priorities? It was for a lot of our nation, it seems like, uh, for a number of years. Is it affluence and wealth? Or is it God? Is it power and prestige? Or is it God? What is it that guides our life? What are the principles? What are the truths that are the compass that gives us direction? And then finally, a fourth thing that we see that Moses wrestled with was, was just that kind of culminating question, how then was he going to live his life? How was it that Moses was going to live his life? And in the 27th verse of Hebrews 11, it says this, By faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, for he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He persevered. Uh, Moses succeeded in life. I think just about everyone would agree with that, but, but not necessarily succeeded in, in the ways of the world, did he? I mean, did he, uh, did he end up leaving this earthly existence a man of great uh, wealth? No, that wasn't the case. Uh, was he really popular among the people? Some days, yes. Some days, not so much. Uh, was he one that was uh, respected or had that sense of prestige? Uh, not throughout most of his life. So then how was he 
successful, well, he was successful in that he led God's people out of bondage, out of slavery. But I think maybe in God's sight, he was successful because he was a man who persevered. Despite all that was going on around him, despite the pressures that that were given to try to misdirect him or call him to quit, uh, Moses persevered day in and day out. He stayed the course. He, He remained faithful and true to God's call. He persevered. And think about just how, of how many occasions there would have been for Moses to say, nope, I'm going to quit. Uh-uh, this, is not, this is not for me, God. You've got you to get somebody else. There is a lot of those occasions. When he first found out that he wasn't royalty or even Egyptian, and instead found out that he was the, uh, of the Hebrew people of a servant's family, it had been so easy to say, nope, not going to do your plan, God. I really like this, this life of luxury. When God wouldn't let him off the hook um, in terms of uh, his call to, to lead the Hebrew people, even though Moses didn't think he had the skills and abilities, it would have been so easy uh, for Moses to quit, but he didn't. He persevered. When Pharaoh repeatedly promised to let the, the people of uh, Israel, the Hebrews, go, but then failed to keep his word, it would have been so easy to get discouraged and quit, but Moses didn't. He persevered. When Pharaoh finally did let the people go, only to pursue them uh, immediately in the hopes of re-enslaving them, uh, Moses didn't quit, but he persevered. When the people made the golden calf, as, as Moses is talking to God, it would have been so easy to become disheartened at that and, and to quit and give up, but he didn't. He persevered. When the people constantly whined and complained about every little thing for 40 years, it would have been so easy. That's probably where I would have tripped up. Uh, it would have been so easy to quit, but he didn't. He persevered. And even when... Moses, in disobedience, um, was told by God that he would be allowed to see the promised land, but wouldn't be allowed to enter into the promised land. After the 40 years of wandering, it would have been so easy to quit. But he didn't. He persevered. And so what about us? What about you? What about me? Are we a people, a, 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 a follower of God, a disciple who is willing to persevere? Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the, uh, of the conditions that surround us, how is it that we're going to live our lives? As one who's faithful, as one who's true, as one's consistent with God, or one who's blown back and forth by the winds of the culture, the mores of the day? Are we going to persevere, or are we going to constantly endure and complain? Are we going to persevere Or are we going to quit? Are we going to um, set our sights on the eternal? Uh, That's what uh, we read about in Hebrews. In fact, there's some irony. It talks about setting your sights on that which is invisible. Uh, Talking here about the the eyes of our heart, of our mind, of our spirit. Or are we going to focus on the, the temporary, the temporal things of this life? Are we going to persevere? I hope as you think through these questions that God um, is challenging you maybe a little bit today um, or spurring you on to to revisit your own walk with him, to think through uh, who it is that God's called you to be, what it is he wants you to be about, and then to revisit how committed are you to that. You see, as we think uh, about... um, the world that we live in and, and, the, and the response that we can have to that world. When the, when the stressors come, um, I, I think most of us would want to experience that peace of mind and all of that. 
But the truth is that when those those um, those activities, when those those things come along that um, that just sort of um, give us anxiety in, in every areas of our life, it's so easy for us to uh, to react or to repay or to retaliate, and so we end up kind of asking the question of this. Do we want in our lives to have peace of mind? Or do we want to end up spending our lives giving the world a peace of our mind? May God help us to find his peace, the peace of mind that he alone can provide this day and every day. Amen.